Sorry for the delay on this one. We had a lot of personal issues going on. Uh, this took a long time. This was originally recorded in May, of all places. Um, as I said, sorry about that. We will try and be better in the future. Uh, hope you guys enjoy, and we will be back as soon as we can. And thank you. James Board. I'm Luke. I'm Lars. And I'm Dan. This is our retrospective of every James Bond film. Uh, how's everyone doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Um, the kids are uh, up in bed. Elliot just got a certificate. Um, hold on one second. I'll, I'll, this is not going to be helpful for the, the listening. So the this, audio. The does, audio. Does, does, does this certificate go in his permanent record? It is. He got a certificate in subtra- uh, in subtraction. Nice. In subtraction. So wow. he was. He is on a second grade level in subtraction and in math, and he's the only one in this class that is. Wow. Cool. <coughs> so he's. Yeah, our- it would be really. It would be really bad if he's like in a second grade level in subtraction, but he's in like a tenth grade level in ed- in addition. In addition, right, so right. There's, so there's something really off there. Yeah. He's he's well, he's positive. He's all about adding things. Doesn't like to give exactly. things away. He's a, he's a hoarder. He's a hoarder for numbers. He does not like to subtract. Actually, based on this, he is ruthless. He is a, he's a Spartan. He does want he does, possessions mean nothing to him. It is all about taking things away. That's good. So, I like uh, it. Yeah, Lucas, how you doing? I'm good. I uh, I have I found a, a weird thing that I've become kind of obsessed with lately. Have any of you heard of Dracula Daily? Dracula mm-hmm. Daily? No, I have not. So, I haven't read Drac. I read Dracula twenty <coughs> years ago, and Dracula Daily. Um, the novel Dracula is a. I think it's called an epistolary novel. Is the term. It's all told through journal entries and newspaper clippings and... Like fragments. Oh, wow. Like fragments, yeah. Oh, wow. And, yeah. So it's third third person, a reporter, describing what happened? Yeah, kind of. And it's like from Jonathan Harker's diary as he's traveling. Yeah, the diary of Jonathan Harker. A letter Uh, from this person and a phonograph from this person. Right, it's not prose, it's it's in-universe. Oh, Mm mm-hmm. So, Dracula Daily, this guy, it's a newsletter, and this guy, uh, because it's all journal entries and newspapers, they've all got specific dates, Um, and it's a newsletter where you get that day's events of Dracula, and it started on May 3rd, and it goes till November, and so it just sends you that chunk of Dracula that happened on May 3rd, and then May 4th, and then May 5th. Like the actual actual words of it? Like, he's actually... Like, like taking the Bram Stoker yeah, novel and putting it into a newsletter. 
Exactly. You get like the the event. You get the words of Bram Stoker's novel as they happen the day they happen in real life. Oh, so so it's like real time. Yes. And so and it it just started. Um, if you're interested, I'll send you the link to it because it's a really yeah. it's a really cool way to read to read the novel. Um, and it's kind of taken part of the internet by storm because you like it makes it so much more accessible and the weird things that are from a 150 year old novel that are just strange to think about now. Like, um, Jonathan Harker, it's about Jonathan Harker and his, he's a solicitor, but he's so English that he can't take paprika. Like he talks about how it's just completely knocking him. Like it's, it's knocking him out. It's so spicy. (laughs) Now it's, it's, it's Hungarian, and now I get it. It's Hungarian paprika. It's a lot hotter, and it's it's a different time. Well, mayonnaise is a hot sauce. Give me a break. So, <laughs> so now what? what so, so it, would, it try- would be. I guess it'd be really cool if if you didn't know the story of Dracula, and mm-hmm. you were able to get it in little bits and bites. That would exactly. be that would be really cool if you had Alzheimer's and couldn't you know you didn't understand what the story was and could read this that way. So That'd be really cool. it, it's not uh, it's not adapted. It is literally the pa- the passages from the novel. Yes. Correct? Wow. And what's weird, what's interesting about it is that there are once it introduces other characters, other characters, um, it'll be like Harker's not Harker's uh, entries in the book itself. I mean. It'll be Harker's stuff, and then Mina will start writing, but Mina starts writing earlier than when it is chronologically in the book. So it's kind of changed up the order of events in the story, so you're seeing it all chronologically. Mm. Yeah, send me that link. That'd be cool. And and, uh, post it on the, um, when you post this. Yes, I will. So who who came up with this idea? I don't know. Bram Stoker is the author, so. (laughs) Oh, Okay. (laughs) <laughs> yes, and he wrote the book Dracula. So right, okay, I get it. I get it with the I vampires. This, yeah. <laughs> oh, with the teeth. With the teeth. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, uh, who who is this guy? I don't know. I saw. I like. I kept started seeing a lot more references to to Dracula on on Twitter and Tumblr, and wondering why the hell we all decided to start reading Dracula. And then, it, and then I just like I saw Dracula Daily and looked it up like. Okay, well, I know what I'm going to be obsessed with for the next six months. Huh. Well, I just, and I, and it, I like those little bite-sized chunks, too. It's little bits. Yeah, right? no. it's And there, there's an archive to catch up with, as well. Because, as I said, it started on the 3rd. Wow. Okay, yeah, that'd be awesome. I want to read that. I mean, it, it, it would be interesting to do in any novel like that. I mean, you could you could do... Um, uh, uh, what's the Harper Lee... Um, um, losing my to kill mind. a mockingbird to kill a mockingbird because it's in you know things that happen and you could do it could be like newspaper clippings almost that'd be a really interesting read yeah huh cool dad well, how I'll, you doing I'll, send that, I'll put that in the yeah yeah good. put that in there good nope doing good uh, we have a mystery going on we have a uh, there's a little basket of seashells that we have on the on the patio that uh, mom got when the kiddos were here last summer and there was this little little basket of seashells that the kids were playing with so some like two little conch shells and a whole bunch of different mm-hmm. shells and it's just been sitting out there and i went out there the uh couple days ago and this little conch shell about two inches long it was sitting beside the basket on my chair and it wasn't in the basket i'm like oh okay so i picked it up put it back in the basket a couple three hours later mom had been outside and she came in and said did you 
take that conch shell and put it somewhere? I'm like, it's what do you mean? Said it, it's, it was sitting on the on the patio. It wasn't in the basket. I'm like, really? So now it's like every day this seashell is being moved around and we don't understand who's doing it. Is or there something who. in it? No, there's nothing in it. It's been out there for like two years. So there's if there was anything in it, it's long gone. There's That's no, there's very nothing weird. in it, and it's you know I, I all of a sudden I'm like okay okay Mary, you're 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 messing with me here, right? <laughs> she said, No, I'm not. I don't understand. And then all of a sudden she like today she texted me with a picture. She said it's moved again. It's now out of the basket. So we don't know if it's a raccoon, if it's a squirrel, if it's a conch that has come back to find its mate. I a don't, ghost conch. A, a ghost conch, exactly. If it I comes into your house, we're not going to visit anymore. There you go. So <laughs> it's just it's just an odd little mystery that we're trying to solve. So I need to get like one of those deer hunter trail cams. A game camera? A cam, yeah, to mm-hmm. set it up to see if... What it is, it's probably it'll it'll end up being one of my creepy neighbors that that'd be really weird, and I and <laughs> I, then I didn't want to find out. I would rather not. Yeah, I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. So, but no, everything's good. Mom and I are doing great. We had a really nice Mother's Day. Took her out. Uh, she picked a nice place for uh, to go out for brunch. So uh, we're doing good, and I I head to Maine next week for for business. So hopefully the uh, the weather's good. Well, cool. and, and exciting news is that I get to head out to Denver next month and get to see Lucas and Victoria. So we might have to re- do this uh, live out there. Yeah. Um, that would be cool. And then uh, we still got to figure out a. I don't know if I told you, Dad. I'm, I'm trying to get them to play hooky one day with me, and we'll take yeah. a day trip oh, up we'll, to we'll, Wyoming. We're working on that. Yeah. Just to cross off another state. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that uh, if you were up there, we couldn't have done this movie because this was a this was a pretty good one. This was okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say that tonight's drink is a Heineken Double Zero, which of the non-alcoholic beers, pretty good. Actually, it tastes like a beer, looks like a beer in a beer bottle. Tastes pretty darn good, but there's no bite to it. And I feel like that's what any of the Roger Moore movies are, is that... <laughs> There's just something a little bit missing. So this was, it looked like a James Bond movie. It kind of felt like one, but there wasn't that kind of bite to it. And that's why I chose a very tasty but non-alcoholic beer. There you go. I get it. So what is tonight's? It's The Spy Who Loved Me. The Spy Who Loved You. Well, loved you. Or me. Loved us. You? Me? (laughs) I think think he loved all of us. It's the royal, it's the royal (laughs) we. (laughs) <laughs> or me right it's the spies we made along the way yeah. <laughs> right yeah dad what um what's the story behind the spy who loved me james bond is tasked with investigating the disappearance of british and soviet ballistic missile um submarines and the subsequent offer to sell a submarine tracking system bond works alongside major anya amasova of the kgb Triple X. Exactly. The pair tracked the plans across Egypt and identified the person responsible for the thefts as shipping tycoon scientist and anarchist Carl Stromberg. Bond and Amasova, Triple X, 
follow a su suspicious tanker owned by Stromberg and establish its, it is responsible for the missing submarines. The submarine in which they were traveling in is also cap captured by Stromberg. Stromberg plans to destroy Moscow, New York, triggering nuclear war, and to then establish a new civilization. Bond escapes, freeing the submarines, submariners captured from the other submarines, and follows Stromberg to his headquarters, where he shoots the tycoon, and a torpedo destroys the base. Which doesn't really do this movie justice, but no. But that's it's that, kind of, that's the nutshell. Yeah. Th this is another. This is another. It's not as bad as, and I say bad here. It's it's not as clear of a remake of Doctor No as You Only Live Twice was. <coughs> but this is very Doctor No. Because it's the same, it, we're capturing Soviet and we're capturing allied nuclear weapons. We are, there's a mystery to try and find out what's going on with them. Mm -hmm. Side of fries, large coke. Yep. 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 And it's also, it's very 20,000 leagues under the sea. As far, like, mm -hmm. I mean, Stromberg is very Nemo. Very much Nemo. Stromberg is Nemo. He's also very Lex Luthor because that is very clearly the Legion of Doom headquarters. Yeah. Correct. Oh yeah. And yeah. I, I I read an article about them designing that whole thing that I forget the designer that wanted to do the his layer that comes up out of the water that he wanted he didn't want anything angular. He wanted it all shapes and circles and that's pretty much what this thing looks like. When it comes up out of the water it's it's very different looking. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um I gotta say, before we dive into everything, um strongest Roger Moore outing so far in my opinion Agreed. Agreed. um i mean Easily. i'm still when it comes to roger moore I, I could do with less but i'm bum bum um but i um <laughs> i just feel like this was definitely the most like it felt the most like you only live twice or dr no it felt like a james bond movie the first two outings didn't really feel james bond -esque. and this and this was his favorite movie roger moore he said, I can, uh, I, of, "Of the I ones that, that he one. made, he said this was his favorite." Yep, I can yep. see that. Yep. And before we get into all of this, I just wanted to say I wrote down after, I don't know, three quarters of the way through it. Th this one to me, the story almost was secondary, as a, as it was just a, it was a really good James Bond experience. It was a. You know, I really got it. You know, there were exotic locales. There were, it was really clearly done. There were great chase sequences that had nothing to do with the story. It was just a really cool James Bond experience that you could have basically plugged any story into. I mean, I don't think we saw the, the bad guy or, or did he have anything to do with it until, what, three quarters of the way through the movie? Yeah, it's a very Doctor No. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're right. Yes, and 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 I'm not going to try to yuck anybody's yum. I don't want to put a negative on the on the front end. So I I'd like to talk about. I'm I'm going to talk about the positives first because yeah, my glaring negative is just I just haven't connected with Roger Moore. But we'll get to that. But right. that opening ski chase, oh, like you to your point, is incredible. It's awesome. That was really good. Oh, and I forgot. I hadn't seen this movie, and I don't think since I'd seen it in the theater in 1977. And when I started watching it, I remembered the ski chase, and when he goes off that cliff, and the Union Jack's parachute pops open, 
the whole theater went, wow, that's awesome. I mean, cause I don't think anybody had ever seen yep. anybody do something like that. It's really cheesy, and it's really yeah, awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> but, well, and like it's it's the dumbest thing in the world. I don't care. I don't it's care. Great. It's great, and and the yeah. and the like the music is super cheesy too. It's like, like there's like kind of discoy stuff, uh, but then I also don't like get me on there's that the, one. but but there's also this new theme that they've worked into it where it's like da 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 I know da 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 da, and then silence, and it goes off the cliff. And when great. he's when he's leaving the ski chalet, when they're going to start chasing him, I don't know why I didn't wonder, why does he have that giant red backpack on his back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. it's the parachute. <laughs> but no, and actually that, there were reviewers that said, you know, it's a shame the entire movie didn't live up to that awesome starting sequence. That it just, yep. I mean, mm-hmm. it just really, man, they nailed it. Yeah, yep. Um, and I love this song. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not, it's not the best, but it's up there. And well, it, well, so what? Do, what do you think is the best? Oh, "Live and Let Die." Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Because <laughs> yeah. and and this was the first song that the title of it wasn't the title of the movie. Right. Right. Well, I I like because on Her Majesty's Secret Service didn't have. A theme song, like the first, like theme song, theme song, because that one didn't have a, like a, right. a. It was just their music. This is one of the songs that you can listen to it, and it's not a James Bond. It's just a good like, song. You can't really listen. It's just a good song. You're not. You're not a weirdo listening to a James Bond. Movie. It's the same yeah. thing with like "Live and Let Die." You can you can listen to "Live and Let Die," and it's just a great rock song, right? That's a big bombastic song. But this one mm-hmm. is up there just because it, it's the. Yep. I don't know. I, I dug the song. So it, it, like, I hadn't seen it in a while. So these first five minutes, I'm like, okay, okay, here we go. This is this. I can see how this series has gone on because if this is the movie that I'm going to watch, this is going to be pretty kick ass. <laughs> so yes, great chases, great oh. like jet setting. We're in exotic locales. The the disco music mm-hmm. for the James Bonds. Yeah, I'm kind of. Didn't like that. But, hey, it was 1977. Um, I think the... Has a really cool car. I will say that with the caveat. It's a cool car because it's also a submarine. Yeah. Um, That car chase goes on excruciatingly long. I've been thinking about this with a lot of movies. Car chases tend to go on too long. They should be a lot shorter and punchier, and they don't need to be milked. Have either of you seen the... uh, um, It's a Hao Miyazaki movie, uh, The Castle of Cagliostro. Uh, no, I have not. There is it's an, it's an anime. It has the best car chase I have ever seen in a movie, hands down. Wow, it's incredible, and it's only it, it's super short. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's long for car as it's not it's not as long as this one, but it it's really punchy. The action's done well. It's filmed great. It can be filmed great because it's an anime, mm-hmm. but um, it's a very well tightly done thing. This just goes on forever. Yeah. Like I just watched, I just watched the Batman, which was really good. Yeah, there's a car chase in that that goes on forever. Yeah. Well, you almost forget that you should be excited. Yes. So then, so <laughs> or, or who is that's, it? That's, who is he chasing? Who's chasing who? Or where yeah. are they going? Yeah. Where are they so going? that's your favorite what's car the chase, point? Lucas. Dad, what's your favorite car chase in a movie? Um, bar none, 
and I rate every car chase against Bullock. Well, it's just yeah. mm -hmm. because it's so tight. Steve McQueen did the driving, the noise, the the sound of him shifting. Every every cut was perfect. Other than you saw the VW going down the hill three or four times from different angles, but uh, you know, other, right. other than that, I rate every car chase against that one. And that, yeah. and and this one, you're right, Lucas. It, it was, it had its elements. It was just way too long. Mm -hmm. And see, for me, my my favorite's Ronin. Oh, oh, that no, that's a good one too. I haven't seen that. In forever. That's a good one. Now, but it's because the camera's at the bottom. Like you were on the street level, and it's all the streets are like this, and it's just, yeah, <laughs> yep. But it's punchy. It's quick. It gets out of it. Like it, it's, and it's also to the point. Like you, you never forget. Like action's motivation. I'm trying to get to this point to do this. I'm trying to stop this guy to do this thing. I'm trying to get away from these people because of this and these car chases. You can't. They go on for too long where you forget why am I doing this? Yeah. Right. And and I mean they could have cut this car chase in half and had the, because they, the end of it was was awesome i mean when this thing when that lotus goes into the water and turns into a submarine i can remember watching that going wow that's that's incredible because it mm -hmm. it looked real and i just read recently that that uh elon musk actually bought that car to try to the actual car for six hundred thousand dollars i think to try to actually make it do what it did in the movie, but then it's Elon Musk. So it, he he'll forget about it in five he minutes did. and sue someone. She's really good. She is a really good counterpoint. Yeah. She's a really good Bond because she's Bond. She is Russian. She is Russian yeah. Bond. Yep. Yeah. She's not just a, a a really attractive woman. That she's not. She's not the um, what's her name in the the nuclear scientist. Yeah. Exactly. No, she was Christmas actually. Jones. Yeah. She's thank not a, you. She was very smart. Knew what she. Oh, was she wants to kill him. Oh yeah, absolutely, yep. and and she's married to Ringo Starr, so there you go. I like uh, yes, she's great. I like that there was a big plot that I can kind of understand. I got what was happening, and I understand. Also, it wasn't like the bad guy plot was tacked on at the end. I felt that was my problem with Man with a Golden Gun is that it was a small story, and then oh, and then also I'm gonna have a space laser. I, I guess I'll have a solar laser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. this one yeah, I'm gonna from the start exactly. was yeah. A big bad guy plot. And I liked I it because will... the plot didn't get in the way. Right. <laughs> right. I, I will say, though, my problem with Roger Moore, and, and, and what it doesn't help elevate this movie higher, is him. And, it, and it's because I'm watching a thriller, right? Like, this is a James Bond thriller. Like, these are action movies. And when he's so jokey and, like, just whatever yeah. if you don't care what's going on or if you're not afraid of what's going on then why should i be and then why should i care if you know when jaws is trying to open up the telephone van and he's making jokes like hey you should try to go in reverse like it completely releases all the tension the, the oh the the he's he milks the key thing for yeah. so long yes yeah. so that just that was a problem for me he's also like this, this, because he's joking around. Like the sex scenes really seem perfunctory. Well, they he almost they seems were. just he just seems kind of disinterested, and that might be the time of the times. They they sort of always are in a in a roundabout way. Like they're there to establish that James Bond is cool. Right. Um, there was one moment though that 
Jane, like he actually was James Bond in my mind. And it's they're in Egypt and he uses the woman as a body shield. Like there's people that are shooting at him and he puts her in front of him. Yep. And he just throws her away. Yep. And he never checks on her again. He it he he couldn't give two shits about her. I wrote down, wow, was he ruthless. <laughs> that was perfect. That was great. There's, that was well there's that and then then like five minutes later, he's got the guy by like the guy's holding him by his tie, mm-hmm. and he you know where's the guy's name? And he gives him the he, he tells him where he is, and then he kills him. He knocks the knocks the tie out of his hand, and he drops to his death. Yeah, perfect. That was great. It, like that was actually like oh, there's James Bond. But then he gets back to uh, hey hey, I'm James Bond. You want a drink? Blah, blah, blah. The other thing that I kind of roll my eyes at. When they played the Lawrence of Arabia music when they're walking <laughs> through the desert, <laughs> it wasn't as awful as when I know we're going to get to Tarzan yell. I'm waiting for Tarzan yeah. yell. But come on, that that's that's Spaceballs. Mel Brooks did that, that I, shit. I, I, w- I will say this one, to me, this one brought back the whole exotic locations. They did broad, sweeping yes. vistas. I really thought the whole... The whole view of when they were at the the pyramids and how they were filming it when all the tourists were there watching the the show like at Stone Mountain almost that kind of you know watching that show yeah. that was really cool and it just kind of I don't know it to me once again it's like okay people from from nowhere's land USA who had never traveled anywhere. These are movies that take them to different locales, and and wow, this is you know this is incredible. That was pretty cool. Yeah. The whole yeah the whole Lawrence of Arabia thing was kind of hokey, but um, I don't know. That, I I just thought that whole thing was kind of kind of cool. The trek across the desert. Oh yeah. Yes. Walking in in oh. and amongst the the ruins. That was that was really cool. But once again, mm-hmm. what did that have to do with the story? It's, it's cool. Egg. That's what it is. You're cool. right. Actually, right. absolutely right. It's a James Bond movie. It's cool. Yeah. Yep. And, the, and this is the first time where it actually felt cool. Yep. His other two, I didn't, yep. I didn't feel cool. Yep. This one actually felt. I felt a little dirty. I felt a little dirty in uh, Live and Let Die, uh-huh. and and I didn't care as much in um, Man right. with a Golden Gun. Right. I mean, th- both of those had exotic locations, but it just wasn't. It wasn't done as well as this. Mm-hmm. No, as I said, I like the, I like this one a lot. Um, mm-hmm. It is his best outing by far, and that's part of the problem. Is that as much uh, because I like this one, there's less for me to say to talk about. I feel like mm. because yeah. I no no seriously, I like the I like the chemistry they had between each other. They're uh-huh. they're great together. I like that it it works. It works as a James Bond movie. It doesn't work as a Roger Moore James Bond movie. It works as a James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. Um, past that point, I don't know what else I have to say about it. Yeah, you 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 pretty much nailed it, Lucas. Because I was yeah. watching the movie, and typically I'm I'm jotting down a bunch of notes. I don't have a lot of notes. I was just watching the movie and and watching things happen. And and I would you know I'd, I'd write down yeah great. I said once again exotic locations. Bond is ruthless. The pyramid sequence was cool, but yeah. it's... I like the train fight. Oh yeah, the train fight was really good. Why? Why does James? If James Bond is isn't a code name, if James Bond is one person, right? 
why does James Bond ever get on a fucking train ever again? <laughs> this is the third time he's been attacked in his cabin That's on very, a train. Well, and I, I like... You're right. And I actually, I liked this fight <laughs> a lot because <laughs> when you first see Jaws, like, Jaws is a joke. Uh, like, John, like that's just, he's a joke. He's a joke. Mm-hmm. But when you put him in a very small area and he's filling the area and he's putting little yes. tiny James Bond up on the ceiling, it makes him so much more imposing and so much more scary. He, he's the scariest of the whole movie is when he's in that yeah. train. Yeah. So that was yes. that actually yep. made him menacing, and like I remember, like you know, because you first see him, he's at the tombs, he's got a fucking metal mouth. It's like really, this is so stupid. But then he's on the train, he's like, oh, oh, okay, oh, he, there's nowhere for James Bond to go because Jaws is everywhere <laughs> in that cabin. Yeah, it's just that actually made exactly. him menacing. But I, I I can remember watching this movie back in '77 and. When he came on, I can remember thinking, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. They are making a joke out of a villain. They're going to put, why the heck does he have a mouthful of metal? That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, And then he comes back in future movies. It's just crazy because oh, yeah. he was popular. And I'm like, what the heck? Why, why was he, he popular? But, again... That yeah, one scene, you're right. I got it. Yep. That he's a big, he's a big dude. I get it. There we go. <laughs> but yeah, everything yeah. else, I just was, I didn't really get Jaws. I felt like, no. you, you know, and you know, just, he was when when they were going to make this movie, and they were talking to to um, uh, Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming would not let them use any of the story of his book. They would, he would only let them use the title. Said you can't use any of the characters, any of the storyline. I think he saw where really? all the oh yeah, I think he saw where all this was going, and he just said nope, you can use a title, but that's it. <clears throat> but there was some because I thought Ian Fleming nope, was dead. At not that for point. this one. So hmm. when there was actually a guy in this story that had metal teeth in the book, and somehow they got away with doing it. But no, Ian Fleming hmm. said you can hmm. use everything. You can use the title, but that's it. Well, I heard that Broccoli was like, you know what, we've we've made some not great ones lately. Yeah. Let's really give it our all on this one. And, and I could see like, hey, you know what? Yep. You guys, you guys made a pretty fun movie. This is this yeah. was not yep. a slog. Yep, I agree. The tanker fight scene. That's that was the largest set that had oh, ever I, been built. Oh, I heard that. Time. Yeah. I will say it's a very grenade heavy yeah. fight. That was that was a thought I had. Is that for an, they are for an enclosed throwing, place? Yes, <laughs> they're throwing yeah. way too many grenades. What the heck, grenades? Um, <laughs> you you know you're on the ocean, right? <laughs> so those those submachine guns they're using, that's what the stormtrooper blast oh, was wow. based off of. Yeah, I can see that. Yep, I like the yeah. un, I like the it's an actual like, I like World the War underwater gun. scene, the fight that that was very thunderball. Yes. Uh-huh. So I, I I'm sure that somebody like you just said was looking at it and said we we gotta we gotta pull this franchise up out of the depths and bring it back to life. There is an interesting. I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase this. I've mentioned it before, but James Bond is very self. Uh, the Bond franchise is very self-referential. It very much um, references or makes winks and nods at earlier moments. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is and. 
I mean, this is the second time they've had a fight on a train, like they did on uh, from Russia with, from Russia with Love. And they've done this in both in two Roger Moore movies. They're trying to say, "Hey, look, this is similar to what we've seen before." It's just an interesting little thing that happens. Yep, it feels like. Well, I think they've th- this one. The the last two we just watched were very well. They were representations of the time, and it and it shows you what that period was was like. I think this one. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's showing you that we're coming out of that whole bad period into a, a little bit be- better period. Um, I just think they, they did a much better job with this one. Other than other than they had agree. polyester suits, so whatever. Yeah, I, I will say um, Roger Moore looks like businessman on business, doing business, business things, business. Yeah. Though he had a he, he had a. I actually wore a black tuxedo. I don't. He, he I don't think he yep. had any cigarettes or smoking at all. I don't remember nope, him nope. having a martini. Did he have a martini? He, he did. Yes, he did. Oh, in, that's uh, right. In the yep, yep, yep. You're right. You're right. Because she orders it for him. Because he he orders her that's drink, right. and she orders yep. his. Yes. So at least it's not cigars. Now, all, right. All around, this was. Surprising. It, it was. Yes. This was, it was be- especially after the one-two punch of Ugh. the last two Roger Moore movies. This one was. Hey, okay. I was definitely, All I right. was definitely second guessing my recommendation to you, Lucas, that we do this. <laughs> no, I, uh, I very much enjoyed this one. I was very surprised. I, um, I wa- actually watched it this morning. I had never seen this one before. This is one I had yeah. not seen. Um, I had seen references to it. I had seen like, you know, the Legion of Doom headquarters. Right. I didn't know that that's what this this was from, but no, I like this one a Good. lot. I was very, I'm very impressed with it. Well, awesome. Well, Lucas, where can folks find us? We can be found on the internet uh, at swordinboardcast.podbean.com. We are now on Stitcher and Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and basically any streaming service. Our theme is Iron Curtain Shuffle. is done by the incredible Lillian Boyd. You can find them at Here Comes Lil on Twitter. James Bond will return in For Your Eyes Only? No. Oh, yes. Is it? No, it's not. But they say it at the end of the movie because this came out in 1977 and what was, what else came out in 1977 that took oh, the world by storm? Shoot. I forgot. Uh, there's one in between. Yeah. Oh, I messed that one up. Keep this in. But you will return in Moonbreaker. Yeah. Oh, crap. I've seen that one. Oh, this is. I have to. This, this is. As we 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 finally got out of the depths of despair and we were going back up, and now we're gonna plummet. Maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> well, um, y'all may, maybe don't listen to the next one, and then we'll catch up with you next time <laughs> yeah. after that. I don't know. <laughs> oh no. Let, let's let's keep it upbeat. <laughs> let's let's try to be positive. Yeah. We'll we'll say well. It was short. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have a good night, everyone. You as well.